Father, we just thank you for Michael. We thank you for Yvonne. We thank you that you've placed them here with us. And what a blessing they both are to us. So, Lord, tonight as we hear what you've prepared in Michael's heart, Lord, I pray your Holy Spirit begin to prepare our hearts, ready to receive, ready to respond, ready to be transformed uh, for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, really, there's, this is one of those moments when, in actual fact, I don't really need to say very much because it's already been said, which is a good thing, not a bad thing. I, I'm reading to you tonight from Isaiah 43, just a few verses, and it, you'll find out what I'm going to read, and is right here on my text and everything else, is exactly what we've been talking about tonight. And we'll take it from verse 16, just for speed's sake. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and the reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. We can often spend a lot of time going back and refreshing ourselves on how things used to be. In this time of Isaiah, the Lord was actually saying to Isaiah, and they were rehearsing, the way that Israel had failed to be faithful to the Lord, how that they had messed up, in other words. And it would seem so often that's the story. Israel, of course, being a nation that God had chosen, didn't get it right from day one, as Moses brought them out of of Egypt's land. They were supposed to do a journey that took three weeks. But because of their disobedience, it took them 40 years. Now, that's a pretty big journey. They went right the way around in a huge circle and finished up coming over Jordan. And then, of course, their first major battle was that of the Wall of Jericho, which is another story altogether having stood there and looked at that, that wall which is buried deep in the ground, it didn't fall over. God pushed it down. And that was an amazing thing in itself. However, that's not what I'm talking about tonight. The fact is, what I'm going to say is simply this. The Lord is saying to us, forget the former things. Forget what's behind. 2020, yes, here we are. And the fact is, we can rehearse. I mean, Margaret can and I can. The beginning of this church. How far do you want us to go back? Yes, we've seen miracles. We've seen signs. We've seen wonders. We've seen what God can do over all that time. And I can rehearse personally where I've been and seen what God has done in different countries where we've ministered over the years. But the Lord simply says this. Despite the fact, as he pointed out there to Isaiah, I was able to subdue the armies. I was able to put those chariots in the bottom of that sea, and they're still there to this day. And they are, by the way. You can actually, I, I know people who've actually dived and seen them, physical elements there in the sea there, of those chariots from the Egyptian army from all those years ago. But God is saying, for all that I've done, for all the miracles you can see, for all that maybe you have got wrong, He's simply saying, I want you to forget the former things. Now, that's not easy. I mean, you know, I, we, I've been around for a long time. And I don't uh, for, I can't forget Station Road in, in Long Eaton or 
Grange School, which is where I was all those years ago. I don't forget them. Some of them are good memories and some of them not so good. But the reality is that God was in all of that. My father, of course, was a man of God and loved the Lord with all his heart and saw signs and wonders and so on in the time of his ministry, wherever he was. All that's history. It's all past. It was good stuff. It wasn't all bad. Not all bad. There were moments when it was. But there were times when we could just see the hand of God moving. And it's easy to look back and spend a lot of time and saying how wonderful it was in the good old days. Well, actually, they were. In spiritual terms, they were good old days. We saw revival. We saw the fire. The Pentecostal church in our nation today has, to some degree, lost its way. The Trade Descriptions Act would be, uh, as it were, default, because we're a Pentecostal church. That means we should be seeing signs and wonders on a weekly basis. We should be hearing people speak in tongues, prophesying and, and interpretation, and there should be a freedom of the Holy Spirit, because that's the way it should be. Now, I don't know quite whether you think in 2020 we don't need to do that kind of thing anymore. Well, that's the reason why the brethren believe what they believe, because they believe it was history. But I'm telling you tonight in Jesus' name that that's not history at all. It's the here and now. It's the thing that makes you tick. It's the thing that makes you move. It's the thing that opens your mind and your heart to the majesty of God, even in the darkest of times. And the thing always to do is to remember that, you know, as the old saying is, there were two men looking out of prison bars. One saw mud, the other saw stars. Both in the same place. But the difference was the direction they were looking. The psalmist said, I'm going to fix my eyes to the hills. Was he looking for help from the hills? No, but by looking at the hills, it elevated his gaze and he saw the heavens. And in that he saw the glory and the majesty of God. Here, the Lord is saying and speaking with Isaiah, a man who lived 600 years before Christ. And he said, I want you to know that despite all the things that we did, things that I've done in the past, good things and where you've failed as a nation and all those kind of things, I want you to forget them. I don't want you to dwell on the past. And there's a reason for that. Because God in 2020, right here in this church and in our nation, has a plan, as we heard this morning, for a new thing. I am doing a new thing. Now, you might think, you know, thinking about it, you know, I've seen the dead raised. It happened in our at church in Edinburgh. A lady died in the church while I was, while in the ministry of the, of the meeting. I wasn't preaching, so it wasn't that. But... <laughs> I got a note came up on the platform and it said, you know, this lady had, had, had died. And in my church at that time, there was a lot of doctors and nurses and people because Edinburgh was a big church and very busy. I couldn't see because there's all pews. We didn't have chairs. We, we had all these old pews. And apparently she was laid out on one of these pews. Um, a lot of the people were still worshiping the Lord. We were singing praise at that time. And we had high praise. Everybody was on the feet, you know, worshiping the Lord, just like we all do here. And it was all going on, and, and I thought to myself, oh, well, yes, okay. Um, I'd better go and see what's going on. So I went down, and I simply went along to this row, and the, the doctors were there, and they said, we've called the ambulance, they're on their way. But she's gone. 
And I said, oh, right, okay. Um, right. So I said, what we'll do, we'll pray. And they looked at me, they said, no, Pastor, she's gone. I said, no, we'll pray. So we did. We didn't stop the meeting. Everybody was still worshipping and praising the Lord. They were totally oblivious to what we were doing. And we just prayed. Very simple prayer. You know, I want to tell you something. God does not need you giving a full-scale sermonette or recital when you pray. He likes it to get to the point. If you've got something to say, say it. In simple terms. You don't have to use a lot of scripture to back it up because he knows the scripture. I know that's a surprise, but he really does. The Lord knows exactly what's in the word. Even the devil knows that, by the way, just in case you wonder. He knows it word perfect because he was there when it was all done. But nevertheless, you know, we, we can get ourselves into a corner and we can think, oh, we've got to let, be, be very spiritual and we've got to really let it out. And yet, so, you know, we don't have to do that at all. The truth is this, just a simple touch of the master's hand is all it needs. That lady came back to life right there, right then. The ambulance people came. They did take her away just to have her checked over. And she had 48 hours of care just in case. And she lived on for many, many years. That's the kind of thing we're used to. In that church, we would have the elders. And I'm rehearsing deliberately just now. Okay. So I'm doing this on purpose. And we would have the deep, my elders and their wives. There's four elders and their wives would stand at the front of the church with Yvonne and myself. And as people came out to the communion table, we would say to them, if you know Jesus as Savior, then you come forward. If you need prayer because you're sick, then we will pray for you before you come to the table. And if you don't know Jesus as Savior and Lord, then come and talk to us because we can lead you to him and then you can have communion too. And I hadn't even preached. How dare they? But they did. And we had people saved. We had people healed. One old lady, well, it wasn't an old lady, bless her. She was crippled with arthritis, came up to us with two sticks. And she came to Yvonne and myself. It happened to be us. It could have been any of the others. It would have been the same. And she said, I, I, I heard about what God was doing in Edinburgh. We've come from the borders, right down the borders of England. And we, I, we want you, I need you to pray. So Yvonne just did what she does, and I did what I do, and we prayed. And with the grace and majesty of God, instantly, she got both of her sticks in one hand. It made me jump. And she said, I'm healed. And I said, praise God. And then I'd no sooner said that, she'd gone. And she had gone up, because the church, as I say, was big, with a big balcony that went right around. See, there were 250 people up there. And she went up to the pulpit, which was up here, and she ran up and she shouted at the top of her voice, I am healed. And everybody, of course, went into rapture, and it was wonderful. Why do I do that? I Simply because there's good things we can rehearse about what God has done. Oh, yes, of course we can. However, what God says here in Isaiah, I'm going to do a new thing. Wow, beat that. Des been raised, people healed, miracles, signs and wonders. And that was normal church people. It wasn't a crusade, no big evangelists. That was just God. He's the God that's here now. By the power of the Holy Spirit. He is the one who is able to do the impossible. 
He says, I'm going to do a new thing. But he wants us first and foremost to forget the past. Now, what he means simply by that is don't dwell on your mistakes in the past. Don't dwell on what happened last year. Ivana started with dementia. We, we don't worry about it. It's in the hands of the master. She's doing fine. I was, I have a problem with my lungs. Well, you know, that goes with going to India and stuff, working for the king. It's, it happens, but it doesn't matter. That was last year. And we're looking for something new this year. And I'm not just talking about in our bodies and our normal state. I'm talking about in the state of our mind where we really, really, really expect something different. For the Savior to reveal himself to you, to have him stand by you, for you to know he is your Savior, the lover of your soul, and he cares for you. When I was a little boy, about four years old, I got measles, and in those days it was serious stuff. I couldn't see. I was blind for a few days. And in that moment there, I was aware that somebody was standing at the foot of the bed. I couldn't see them clearly. But there they were, in this beautiful light. And my mother came in at some point, and I said, who was here just now? She said, "Uh, nobody. I said, well, there was somebody standing right there. And what I knew shortly later, because of the way that it happened, was that was the Savior. He had brought a manifestation of his spirit, his person, into my bedroom. And I just knew that he loved me. That's all you need, you know, even if you're four years old, just to know he loves you. And that is something that, to me, means that I can expect from him something new. He's promised to do it. But what I've got to do first is get rid of the rubbish of the past. Everything, when people come to me and they'll give me a list of all the awful things that's happened in their lives and the problems they've got, and I will say, I'll give you a piece of A4 paper, I want you to write it down. If, if A4 is not big enough, we'll give you some full scat. Both sides, if you like. All the problems. And where the devil's attacking them and things are going wrong. The awfulness they face. Whatever form it may be. And I say, write it all out. And they do. And then they bring it back to me. And I say, right, two things are going to happen now. I'm going to pray over this piece of paper and believe that God is able to undertake in every item that you have said. And then we're going to get a torch or a match or something and we're going to burn it. And they looked and they said, but that was a, I said, no, no, no. Because if we mean business with God, We've got to get rid of all of that stuff that's hanging about in your heart, your mind, your soul. And by writing it out, it's therapeutic. It does something. You're having to work on thinking about what you're doing. And then you can, in a wonderful way, let the master take control. But very simply, the Savior and the Lord God Almighty here were simply saying, don't concentrate and worry about the past. Number one, you can't change it. Number two, worrying, by the way, is a non-thing for Christians. You do know that, don't you? Christians do not worry. You can be concerned, but never worry. It's in the book. The Xavier said it's a waste of time. People do. They get themselves into all sorts of situations, and they get themselves fretting. 
What are we going to do? How is this going to work? What's going to happen? And there are things that you have no control over. All you need to do is hand it to the Savior. And I can say this with authority, because we've been there as a family and done that. And you can lay it to him and say, you take control. Worry gives you ulcers, sends you gray. And it doesn't do you any good, and it doesn't alter the problem. You can be concerned, and in your concern, you take it to the Savior, the answer to your soul. But get rid of all the rubbish, all the blame that you've put to yourself for what you did last year or somebody else did to you. Get rid of all the stuff that is there, the hurts, the sin, the pride, the prejudice. Get rid of it all. We need a clear thing. You see, what people don't realize as Christians, you are like one of those downpipes that run down your house. And when it rains, all the water runs down that pipe. And if it gets blocked, things happen. As I thought, yep, there we are, you see? Now, the thing is this, you are that for God. And when you are clear, when you're not blocked up with all the rubbish of life, then his spirit will flow. And you will find that as that water runs, you will know the power and presence of an almighty God as you've never seen before. You may, like us, know all these wonderful things that God has done. You've seen God do this, and you've seen God do that, and you know God did this, and you know God did that. However, this is today, 2020, New Year, only five days in. Oh, let all that stuff go. Let the Spirit flow. For when the Spirit flows, He can restore your soul. The Bible makes it very clear that once you've got these things sorted out, the Lord will move in your spirit. We all know, of course, that in Romans 12, too, it talks about the renewing of your mind. Now, we've had some ministry on that right here over the last year. It's great to renew your mind. It's good that you can look and say, well, okay, Lord, I'm not altogether sure about what's going on right now. People say to me often, they'll say, but I don't know the Bible. I can't, don't know all about the Bible. And I'll look at them and I'll say, well, look, I've been reading it since I was uh, old enough to read, which is about eight or nine years old when I was really getting into my Bible, when I had my first personal Bible. And I still don't know it all. And anybody who thinks I do is being very silly because you don't. The Bible says the Holy Spirit will reveal the truth. You can read this book. As I've said, the devil knows it. It doesn't make him a Christian. It doesn't mean that at all. What it simply means is he, the Lord God Almighty, can renew your mind. Which means if you're low in spirit. And people do get low in spirit. That's normal. It's human. But when he takes your hand and he touches you and he lifts you up, he can bring you out of the mire and the clay and lift you to a place where you can see his glory even in the middle of awfulness. My father, and I'm rehearsing a moment, died with Alzheimer's. He was 67. He'd been a man of God, preached the word of God, founded this church and many other places as well, and done all those things, but it didn't stop him getting ill. It didn't stop him getting dementia. And on that last day when he was on this earth, 
everybody had been to see him and they were always telling me that I needed to see him. I went down many times and he was in the hospital and in Birkenhead. And I, and I went on this day and I was by myself. Nobody was with me. Yvonne couldn't come down. She was looking after the children. I was in Scotland at the time. My mother had been, my brother Paul, the pastor at Birkenhead, they'd been and seen and gone. And I just uh, went in and sat with him. And I talked to him about the days when we would come from church, having had a wonderful Sunday service, and we were going to work. We both worked at Paul's in Draycott. And my father was an engineer. He was an inspector and a very clever man because the church couldn't afford to pay a salary at that time. And we would talk about the king and we'd sing together. Um, That's what my father and I did. And my brother Paul, we sang barbershop, you know, harmony stuff. And uh, we would just be rehearsing. I went and saw him on this day and I rehearsed all of that. Now, my mother knew nothing about that. It wasn't part of her life. My brother knew nothing about it. It wasn't part of his life. Nobody in the church knew anything about that. It wasn't part of their life. It was something strictly between my father and myself. And I just rehearsed the majesty and the wonder of God. For 18 months, he'd been in the fetal position and he'd not opened his eyes or spoken to anybody. And I said, Dad, I know you t- we need to go now. I am aware you need to go. I'm going to pray. I prayed a simple prayer. I said, Amen. He turned his head, opened his eyes, and said, Amen. Never, never think that all is lost, because whilst our physical body might decay, the soul, your spirit, is still alive. There's a core of your being which was God-given on the day you were born, and you were brought into this world, and the Holy Spirit of God made you that person that you are today. And I tell people to remember, it's like looking at three circles, and the little one in the middle is the Spirit. That's the Spirit of God that goes right down into your innermost being. The next circle is your soul, the soul life, your emotions, and all that you are, and where you feel and know and see the majesty of God. And the outside ring is called the sarks. It's a Greek word, and it means the flesh. And sometimes the flesh can get in the way of the soul. Because if you're feeling not well, it can affect your soul. We can get low down in our soul. But you know what? If your spirit is right with God, Pastor was talking about it this morning, if you've made the connection and you've got yourself lined up with him, then he will bless your soul and he will revive your soul and restore your soul. That's all part of that wonderful thing that he will do. Because he wants it to be new for you. People often said to me, well, you know, we've heard it, Pastor, we've, we've been watching the, uh, Christ, cross, uh, the Christian channel, or whatever it is, and, uh, or some video or something. And I'll say, well, okay, that's fine. So, of course, naturally, we, you know, we now know it all, as far as what God wants. And I said, well, not really. Because, you see, that's a second-hand piece of information. And God wasn't preaching to you at the time. We might have technology to reproduce stuff, but it doesn't mean to say that God was actually intending it for you. I want all of you here tonight to not have a recording or a repeat performance of somebody else's words or what somebody else says in the book. The only book you need from a point of God is this. And all you need to know is that he loves you. He loves you, and despite the failings as Israel had done so many times in the past, he was simply saying, I want you to forget it. Forget the past. Don't start rehearsing all of that. 
I want you to do that because in Isaiah 44 it says these words, I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams in the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your outspring and blessings on your descendants. That's the promise of God for you for 2020. And for this church, we're going to see great things happen. Obviously, we know the church isn't big enough. It never was. And I know that under God, when we get the new extension at the back there, it's going to be a mighty place of blessing. And we'll release many things. But I'm going to tell you now, as God moves by his spirit, there'll be a lot more needs to be done to make room for all the people that's going to come. For when the Lord's testimony goes out, that door goes through you it goes through me but there is a sense of God we had prayer meetings in down in in Bournemouth a place where the people are very reserved or very posh and when you talk about God you know they say oh yes yes we believe in God Mm -hmm. we start prayer meetings and when the Holy Spirit came in that prayer meeting The presence of God was so powerful, everybody could feel his presence. And one day I went out of the meeting and I'd forgotten my Bible, which has been known. And I walked back in through that door and you couldn't see the front of the church. There was a whole cloud within that building of the holiness of God. What I'm telling you tonight is this. We serve a God who is fully prepared today to reveal to you his majesty, his power, and his authority. And to you, it will be a new thing. To others, it will be a story already told. But it doesn't alter the principle that even me, old as I am, knowing what I know, I'm looking forward to the Lord God Almighty doing a new thing. And where there's dryness, he's going to put streams in the desert place, in your soul, in your life, in your family, whatever it is, where you've dried up, where things have just become so arid in your being. And he's just going to refresh it and he's going to water it with his love, his majesty and his power. And the Holy Spirit is going to take hold of your world. And he might even turn it upside down. Great joy will be yours when you see the king in his glory. One day soon, we're going to see the king. We're looking at the problems out there in Iran and all the rest of it. We know about the fires in Australia and so on. We prayed about them this morning, quite rightly. But all these are signs of the time. It's in the book, by the way. The Bible talks about the earth being burnt with fervent heat. So it's not at all unexpected. But Jesus said, all these are just signs that I'm coming very soon. However, in the meantime, you don't have to look forward to what may happen next year or even next week. But you can have him now. In all his love and majesty, he's going to do a new thing. Take it for yourself. Believe it for the church. Believe it for the town. And we can even together in God's people believe it for the nation. For we have a prime minister who is unfortunately not a righteous man. 
And God is having to work around him. And we need for God to do just that. That the truth may be there. That righteousness may be restored. That we may see and become a nation who know the majesty and power of the living Christ. It will happen if we all believe it. And we all pray it. And we're doing what we can do to serve the king. Let us pray. I don't know your every life. The Holy Spirit does. He knows all about you. And where you would say, well, I can't, I'm not worthy. I couldn't do this. I feel, you know, I've let God. Forget all of that. This is the message tonight. Forget all of that. Do not keep rehearsing that. Forget it. Let the Holy Spirit take it. You know, the Bible says that all of our sins and awfulness is in the sea of his forgetfulness, never to be remembered against you anymore. The devil is the one who condemns you, not the Savior. He is the one who lies and tells you you're not forgiven. I'm here as a child of God and a servant of Christ to tell you you are forgiven. That whatever it was, you can forget it. Become a vessel that the flow of the Spirit can take hold on you and you can just know his glory. Sovereign Lord, we thank you for your love and your power and your majesty. And we take this word, Lord, from Isaiah for tonight, for this church, for our lives in 2020. And know that you have made a promise that if we will get rid of the old stuff, you will do a new thing. And we're now asking, Lord, that that will be the case. I pray, Lord, for people in this room right now who need to know the touch of the Master's hand. That they will be so aware of you in a way, holy God, that they've never done before. Even tonight when they go home, Lord, when they're stirring the coffee or whatever it is, that they'll be aware of the presence of the King. Holy Spirit, you can do this. You can bring that wonderful manifestation, the closeness of the living Christ. So I pray, Lord, that any hearts that are broken, people that are wounded in spirit, they will know that the promise is that you're going to pour water on the dry ground, which means you're going to restore and you're going to renew. We give you the glory for what you've done, for sure. But we look forward, Lord, our eyes heavenward, and we are praising you because we know that you are the God Almighty and you are the one we can love and serve and trust. Now hold all of us, Lord, in the hollow of your hand. Be close. May we know your glory. May we see your majesty. In Jesus' name, amen.